welcome aboard Just Jets with your captain, Matt O'Leary. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to Just Jets episode number 108. What is going on? I am Matt O'Leary hanging out with you and it's a free agency preview episode that's coming out a little bit early. Why? Because of what happened over the weekend. I recorded a video and it became dated as soon as it posted. So there's a chance that happens again with the podcast. And unfortunately with the podcast, because it's a longer video and a lot more goes into it and upload time, I'm not re-recording it. So this is probably going to get dropped late on Sunday evening slash night and be ready for you either Sunday night if you want to stay up late or Monday morning. So really appreciate you sticking with me. And uh, before we get into this episode, because we have a lot to get to, we got voicemails, we have some rumor mill stuff, we have just free agency predictions in general. We have to talk about our sponsors over at Manscaped. Can I get a round of applause? Today, I'm excited to announce Manscaped launched their ultra premium collection. Believe it or not, it's for your not so private parts. I'm talking about leveled up hygiene routine for with, with excuse me, your favorite manly scent. This is an all in one skin and hair care kit for the everyday man. And it covers you from head to toe. Literally Manscaped is trusted below the waist. Now trust them with the rest. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with my promo code jets 20. That is J E T S two zero for 20% off and a free shipping on anything in the entire store. So check it out. So today's episode, what are we going to get into? Two things, really. Well, it's kind of all the same things, but I guess the biggest thing is this free agency, right? So the New York Jets today or on Sunday when I'm recording this, uh, well, they are linked to Allen Robinson, which is a day after they were kind of linked to Amari Cooper, but they didn't pay up the price, um, which was only a fifth-round pick and a sixth-round pick swap, which frustrated me, but not to, like... There was a lot of confusion, I guess, with my frustration. It's not necessarily like, oh, the Jets missed out on Amari Cooper, that's it, it's over. It's more so I'm worried about the plan because of uh, Amari's the availability for what he was able to cost. Yes, he's a $20 million cap hit, but you can get out of it at any point in time you want over the next three years. Uh, He's a proven number one receiver, uh, and it took him very little draft capital to get, and then you could then use that draft capital uh, on other positions. But if you say, okay, never mind, we're going to take Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, Drake London, whatever, at pick 10, okay. If that's the plan overall, fine. I'm just saying that, um, it made me a little bit worried because it seemed like okay, Joe Douglas didn't want to part ways with a fifth round pick for a potential number one receiver, which is just a little bit bizarre. But now there's a link to Allen Robinson, which I don't know. I hope that last year was not the beginning of the end. That is just my one fear when it comes to Allen Robinson, because in 12 games, he had 410 yards and one touchdown. And the overwhelming consensus with Allen Robinson is, well, he's dealt with he dealt with bad quarterback play, Matt. That's why he, you know, put up such awful numbers. And I I hear you, and I get it. But what about in 2020 when he put up 1,200 yards and six touchdowns? They didn't have great quarterback play in 2020. Same thing in 2009. At 1,100 yards and seven touchdowns. Or in Blake Bortles, 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns. 
Uh, and then he went 883 and six touchdowns. So he's went over 1,000 yards three times in his career, which is good. Like, again, he's a very, very good receiver. My fear is that now at, at 28, he's going to be turning 29 in August, that it wasn't so much of a down year as much as it was, hey, this is a receiver approaching 30 years old and coming out of his prime. For the life of me, I hope that is not the case, especially if the Jets go for him and sign him. I hope that he would be then be that Allen, uh, excuse me, I almost said Allen Robinson again, that Brandon Marshall-like addition because theoretically he fits what you're looking for in terms of a bigger body outside receiver. 6'2", 220 is very different than what Elijah Moore brings you, very different than what Braxton Barrios brings you if you bring him back, and to an extent a little bit different than what Corey Davis brings you. So... I, I, I'm just saying. I if this is the direction the Jets decide to go, I really hope they are getting 2019 or 2020 version of Allen Robinson, and it's not a repeat of the 2021. I just look at this move as if this is the move, a little bit more risky than it would be to trade for Amari Cooper. I know what you people are going to say. Well, Allen Robinson's not going to cost you 20 million dollars a year. You're probably right, and you're not going to have to give up any draft capital for him. Also true. But I don't think there's really a debate about which one is more of a sure thing. Amari's the one where you're you're more trusted in. At least he's coming off a better season, number one. And even though it was a down year for uh, Amari, they're around the same age. Uh, Amari's the better route runner. It's If they're going the veteran route and Allen Robinson's the guy... I'm going to have to live with it, but I would be lying to you if I said that I wasn't nervous. There is upside there. I don't want this to turn into Matt thinks Allen Robinson's a sucky receiver. That's not the case. It's not. I'm just saying that I am a little bit concerned with the risk. I hope I'm wrong again, because I'm not, I don't have any sources or anything like that, but I have had uh, a cup more than one people uh, reach out to me and say that Allen Robinson to the jets is picking up some steam here. So, I mean, take it with a grain of salt. I'm not putting it out there and claiming any validity to it, but it's just there seems to be smoke when there's fire, right? That's the expression or where there's, yeah, when there's smoke, there's fire. What I don't know. You guys know what I'm trying to say here. Um, and that's not the only one that I've heard with the Ryan Jensen one I made a video on yesterday. And I don't get that one. I don't. I, is he that much of a better center than Connor McGovern? I think he's more name recognition. Uh, I do, as I said in the video yesterday, I do worry about his pass protection. Um, he's a good, he's a very good uh, in the run game, um, and he brings a nastiness to his game. And he would stand up for the quarterback. Like I, I get all those things there, and some of those intangibles are valid, and they are things to get excited about, and there are things that he does better than Connor McGovern. But how much is it going to cost to get a guy like that in? Fourteen million dollars. Supposedly he's looking for money similar to Joe Tooney. And he's significantly older than what Joe, Joe Tooney was 26, turning 27. And you have uh, a 31-year-old Ryan Jensen. That, that I don't know. I, I might, at that point, I'd probably rather take that money and spend it elsewhere um, than creating. You're essentially creating another hole just to fill it with someone who's questionably better. Um, I would think more than likely you would be able to see the Jets look for guard, whether it's Austin Corbett, Lincoln Tomlinson, uh, Daniels, the the guard from uh, the Chicago Bears, who's still only 24 years old somehow. 
Um, which I guess we'll close out the opening monologue with this and just get into what positions I think the Jets are going to look to attack in free agency. Safety is definitely one that I think they're going to be willing to spend on. Uh, and Marcus Williams is a name that's been connected with the Jets. I predicted him to sign with the Jets, and it makes a ton of sense. He's young. He's 25 years old. So if you are going to spend, you might as well spend on someone who's going to be entering their prime now versus when they are, I don't know, 28 years old, let's say, and you have maybe a year or two of their prime, and then they're kind of at that point past uh, past their prime that one would make a ton of sense. I think they'll look to add a veteran corner. I don't know if it's going to be as big of a splash as what some people are expecting them to make on the veteran corner market. Linebacker is absolutely in play. Edge has to be in play. I mean, they could address these things in the draft too, but I'm just listing out positions that I think they could be uh, kicking the tires on. Wide receiver, potentially. We mentioned Allen Robinson at the top of the show, but even so, if he leave, uh, if uh, Braxton Berrios leaves, you have to look to bring in, a, a, I don't know, a 5 or $6 million receiver to be wide receiver four, and then you're probably looking to the draft to get another guy to be in your starting three. Uh, running back potentially as a as a bigger body bruising type running back would make sense. And the big one tight end just before sitting down to record this Zach Ertz signed an extension with the Arizona Cardinals. So uh, Hayden Hurst to me is probably the best bet at this point, unless he signs by the time I am recording this and by the time that uh, that it's coming out. But as I said, uh, there's really not a whole lot that I can do at this point. It's uh and supposedly there's another one that, as I'm recording this. Lyle Collins has interest from the Jets. Interesting. Don't know. There's a lot of rumors circling around. We have no idea what's real. We have no idea what is just, you know, stuff being thrown at the wall. And it's the both the best and worst time of the year at the same time. Uh, it's fun, but it's also very stressful. It's a stressful time of year for Jet fans because you get all these hopes up and then it comes uh, a little bit crashing down when you're not able to sign some of these big guys. Um, so we'll see what happens tomorrow or today, I guess, depending on when you are listening to this or, or watching this. But it's the Jets have a ton of money to spend. It's right now it's $48 million, but you could with cuts that could become 65 in the blink of an eye. And I think they're going to get aggressive and, and try to spend and get some guys in here. And one more thing, I guess, before we close, I'm kind of, I think, keep wanting to get to the voicemails because I want to hear from you guys. But I saw a little graphic going around on the Internet and I'll read it off to you. And the overall consensus is that, like you're, you're trying to say don't spend in free agency because it's not sustainable. And I'll give you some of these names that are brought up here. Uh, it's from ESPN. So the top free agent spender each of the last six off seasons was in 2021, the Patriots, 2020 Dolphins, 2019 Jets, 2018 Bears, 2017 uh, Jags, and 2016 Giants. So obviously, really pretty much all the, besides the Jets, I guess, they didn't, they didn't make the playoffs, and obviously the Dolphins didn't make the playoffs, but these teams got better, right? The Giants won five more games, Jags seven, Bears seven, Jets three, Dolphins five, Pats three. And people say, ah, oh, that's not sustainable. You can't possibly spend money in free agency and have it not come crashing down your face a, a few years later. Well, what about some of the other teams in the top five? For instance, in 2018, the San Francisco 49ers spent the fifth most amount. And by 2019, they were in the Super Bowl. 2019, the Packers second, the Bills third. 
obviously that's when Josh Allen started to get to the next level is because they went out and they continued to build that roster. 2020, the Bengals were second. So what happened with them this year in 2021? The Browns fifth for all their shortcomings. That is still one of the best rosters in football. So it shouldn't necessarily say don't spend money in free agency. It should just be you have to build a core through the draft and supplement some of your talent in free agency. There's no one way to do this. I, too many times I, I saw that retweet and it's like, oh, trust the process. And just draft nine guys every single year. And then maybe by 2027, the Jets will be competitive. And then that well, that playoff drought would be up to how many years at that point? 16 years? I have to expedite this process a little bit. Uh, and I like Joe Douglas. I think he's been a pretty good GM so far. But you have to start putting wins on the table. You don't get by on this isn't my roster anymore when it's going into your, what, you were hired in 2019, but this is really, I guess, your third offseason. You, you had 2020, you had the teardown, and you're building it back up. You got your quarterback last year. You had a bunch of draft picks that were impact players. Elijah Moore was impact for you in year one. Uh, you also had uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, who was impact in year one. Wilson, obviously, as your starting quarterback, but Michael Carter II, Brandon Eccles. Like, you got some nice finds there in the 2021 draft class. You have to do that again in 2022, but I would sure as hell hope that they are trying to fill out some of the remainders of the roster uh, in free agency. You can't just hoard picks and cap space forever. You have to start cashing in on these guys eventually, which kind of loops back to the original point with the Amari trade. There's just... A common theme that I've brought up multiple times in this offseason already, even though it's still so young here, is there are many ways to build a team and there's not one direct way to do it. So I'm not saying go out and spend the most amount of money in free agency every single year. I'm not saying trade all of your draft picks away every single year like the Rams. And I'm also not saying just you know draft a billion guys in every draft class. You have to use a combination of every single tool available to you. You have to draft well. You have to use some of your picks in order to trade for veterans, especially when you're a team that has cap space and these other teams don't and they're in cap hell and they're looking to shed money. That's a perfect opportunity to to pounce on it. So maybe like I don't know, Daniel Hunter is probably available at this point. Maybe you take a swing on him. Zadarius Smith might shake free. Maybe you take a swing on him. Preston Smith might shake free. Like there's so many guys where you could say, hey, I'll toss you a day three pick so you don't lose this guy for absolutely nothing, which is essentially what the Browns did and landed a number one receiver in Allen Rob. Uh, yeah, in Amari uh, Cooper. Excuse me. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be a busy, 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 busy time, but I'm excited. It's going to be a busy day. And I'm going to try to cover it as much as I can. So before we get into your voicemails, I wanted to talk to you about the versus game that I've been playing. I got a new question this week. We've been on a basketball kick. Last week was about the Brooklyn Nets and how many points uh, KD was going to score this week. We are doing Wednesday's Knicks game. They're playing the Trailblazers. And my question for you is, does Julius Randle score 25 points or more in order to play? Click the link down below in the comments or in the description and join in on the fun versus been a ton of fun. You get to answer sports questions. You get to answer, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff, politics, entertainment. They have all kinds of stuff. Definitely worth your while. So with that, let's get into your voicemails. Let's do it. First up, we're going to go Shane in New Jersey. He wants to talk about Bryce Hall. Hey, Mr. Matt O'Leary, what's going on? Uh, Shane from Jersey giving you a call. What up, dude? Uh, I just wanted to talk about two things really quickly. Okay. Uh, one's a question, and then one's something that happened today. So I'm calling you on Tuesday. All the crazy, like, Russ Wilson news and stuff like that broke. 
first thing, I know you'll have a million videos on the week, but since it's happened, I'm just going to say it by the time you know this episode or whatever comes out, you get to my voicemail. Um, I'll, I, I would like DK, sure, but I wouldn't give up the 10th pick. Definitely wouldn't give up the 4th pick, obviously. I really didn't want, wouldn't even want to give up our second rounder. Maybe the Carolina one, sure. But, like, he really hasn't done a crazy amount. Yeah, he's insanely big and insanely fast, and he's, like, really good on some deep balls and stuff. But I think that's a ton of capital, especially as we keep seeing, we just saw the combine last week, how deep this draft is going to be, especially in those, like, second-round picks. Like, I would rather have something else than DK. Personally, that's just me. Yes, he would help a ton, but that's just me, and I – just definitely wouldn't give away the 10th pick. I hate that it's even being brought up. I really would not do that. That's just me. Well, I'll listen to what you have to say during the sure. week. But that's my first thing. I want to see where your head's at in this call for it. Um, two is my main question. I feel like there's been not slander, but just like, I shouldn't even say disrespect, but from what I'm hearing about some like Jets guys that were at the Combine and stuff, the Jets don't seem to be as excited about Bryce Hall as the fans seem to be. And obviously we have bias that, you know, we're big fans and the defense has been so bad and he's been like a very lone bright spot, especially in the 2020 class with Beckton being hurt and stuff. And he obviously, he was like the fifth round pick, so everyone's rooting for him. But I just feel like they should be gassing him up a little bit more. You see the stats that PFF posts sometimes about him, you know, second and pass breakups, great in red zone coverage. Yeah, he's not the most athletic or, or the, the mo- getting the most interceptions or whatever. Damn good corner. Great quarterback, too, in my opinion. And also, we stole him as a fifth-round pick. Yeah. He's done nothing but produce. Does very well. I think his worst game's what? Against Mike Evans and against Brady and the Bucks. Oh, oh my God, you know, brutal. You know, so, <laughs> again, right. we're biased because we like him a lot. And he was a late pick. But I just feel like he's not getting as much love as he should. And I think he's a damn good player for getting him for a fifth-round pick. And I would love if he's our cornerback, two going forward. I'm even cool that he's been our cornerback, one, for now. Pair him up with someone else who's a little bit better, and then he's our 1B, 2A guy, like, Hell yeah, sign me up. So, kind of just want to see where you are on that Bryce Hall thing. But yeah, man, love the show. Keep it up. Go Jets. Be good. Appreciate you, my man. We'll do DK first and then get to Bryce Hall. So, with DK, I agree. I wouldn't give up pick 10. I would have a hard time not giving up one of the seconds, though. Um, Just because of how young he still is. Um, And you'd be getting him. And yes, you'd have to give him a new contract, obviously. But you'd be signing him through his prime. Again, it's not like someone who's like 27, 28 years old and you got to re-sign him. He's going to, he's what, going to be 24 this year. Um, And he would add an extra element that the Jets don't have in one, the deep threat, which obviously they they don't really have someone on their roster who can get, go deep down the field. Uh, And just the, the physicality that he brings with his size and speed. He's, he's a rare human being. Again, not an elite route runner or anything like that, but uh, really good red zone target. And uh, I'm all about making life as easy as possible for your young quarterback. I get why you don't want to give up pick 10. And maybe I could see why you're apprehensive about the second round, but I, I wouldn't blink it if it was pick 35. Uh, I really wouldn't. But uh, with Bryce Hall, I agree with you hundred percent. I think he's been excellent for the jets. Um, and I don't get that. There was like rumors or reports, I guess that the Jets don't even view him as like a, a sure fire starter and starting corner, which I think is ridiculous. Uh, I look at him as a high end number two, um, a, a lower one because he doesn't, you know, get it, get the interceptions, which that that's a little bit of an issue, but just he, he's been damn solid. He's been really, really solid on a not very good defense over the last two years. Like, let's face it, the defense last year stunk. The year before that, it wasn't much better in the second Greg Williams year. It it was really bad, but he held his own. And is he perfect? No. Again, he's not a number one, but he would be a really good, 
really good at number two. Um, I think he's fine. I, I agree. I think it would be absolutely wasteful if they thought, you know, you got to bring in two starting corners. Um, to me, I think Eccles is more of the the spot starter bring in kind of guy. Bryce Hall and Michael Carter, the second, I think are two of the better corners the Jets have had over the last couple of years. So I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you, man. I don't get it. Um, and again, is he the perfect corner? No, of course not. If he was, he'd be you know, having some game-changing interceptions to his name, but he's been steady in coverage, but I, I really don't get that one. He's been good. He was someone who's supposed to probably go in round two before the injury, slips to round five. The Jets get him, and he comes in, and it's been solid right away. I don't know why there's anything to complain about. So anyway, thank you, Shane. We're going to go Caden Smith calling in next. He's got a mock draft, so let's talk it. Let's talk it out, man. What do we got? Hey, Matt, this is Kane Smith calling from upstate New York again. I forgot in my last call that I had just made to put in my mock draft for the call because I didn't have it up in front of me, but now I have it available, and I just want to read it off to you and get your opinions on what you think if the Jets were to have a draft like this. And this is all courtesy of the draft network, so okay. it might be a little unrealistic of where we get players, but <clears throat> to what we got. So number four, I'm going to take Ika Mokwamu. I w- would love Kayvon Thibodeau, but there are just a lot of people are worried about him right now. So I just say take the person who's going to help Zach most or who can help Zach and Kwanu, put him at right guard and just have him, APT, and that can just maul people all day and create pancake blocks all day long. Okay. Number 10 would go George Kalaftis. George Kalaftis is getting way too much hate by the media for just not getting enough sacks. He I has, agree with this. He has plenty of pressures. He's just very good, solid player, and I think his bull rush, power rush um, technique versus um, loss and speed rush would just be a very just good duo on our edge. Number 35, we go with Christian Watson. Um, and then draft mm-hmm. network, his scheme fit is any, and I think that works well because he can go up and get it. He can take end arounds. He's just uh, he's a decent round runner. I think he's just going to be a very good player that can definitely come in and help and possibly start with. Um, what we have at the wide receiver room. Now, in pick 38, we have Jaquan Brisker, safety from Penn State. I think he'd just be a very good safety. That salad could definitely use in many roles. He protects more as a free safety, but can move around stuff, can play in the box a little bit, can play some strong safety. Traditional free safety normally, but can do a lot. So I think he would be a perfect um, fit. Pick 69, this is everybody's favorite for the Jets. Unrealistic to in my mind to be here, but you got Trey McBride. I doubt that he'd be there, but he's there, so you have to nap him. Just every Jets fan wants him, so hopefully we get him. Um, I pick 109, I think it is in the fourth round. Take Alec Lindstrom, center from Boston College. Needs some time to develop, but I think if we draft him this year, put him behind McGovern, and then next year if we let McGovern walk, we could easily start him and then have our center of the future for multiple years. Okay. Um, the next pick, 115, I think it is, we take Wandale Robinson, the wide receiver from Kentucky. The Rex Barris replacement just with more is more dynamic and I think has more of an upside than Barrios. So I think he'd be a great pick. Then the last two picks are just basically depth. Jack Sanborn, linebacker from Wisconsin, didn't have a great combine, but just still depth, and you never know if he could develop him. Then Matt Hankins, cornerback from Iowa. He played, had a really good year at Iowa who wasn't really always going against the top competition, but still I think would be a good um, player that's just maybe tried to develop. And if really, if you don't develop them, just fifth around pick. So hope you have a great day, and let's go Jets. Peace. Love it, dude. Thank you so much for calling in. There's a lot of things that I like from this. Um, I'm 
I like Aquanu. If Kayvon Thibodeau wasn't there, uh, then I think Aquanu would end up being my pick. And as you said, right guard just for a year, not your long-term right guard, because then it's either Mekhi Becton uh, is injured and you're not going forward with him, or you could let George Fant walk and get yourself a comp pick back, and you're going with those two as your young bucks on the outside for a while. Um, I, I agree with you with Carl Loftus. I am higher on him than most are. I think he's my third edge. He was someone who's a top 10 pick for a while. And now in mocks, I've seen him go in like the low twenties, which I, again, I, I don't get, but I would be happy with him at 10, especially if sauce Gardner is gone. Um, then in the second round going wide receiver in the second round is interesting. I am a little bit worried about Watson's level of competition and then coming in here and being able to play and be an impact guy right away raw talent is there so hopefully that's what works out uh love the safety pick right after that i don't think mcbride is going to be there in the third round but if jeremy rucker if they wait for uh, uh to take jeremy rucker in the third round okay i think that there's you know that's pretty reasonable and then the the dart throws after that yeah another wide receiver is interesting uh, again your your assumption is that uh they're not bringing back braxton barrios which um I think they find a way to bring Braxton Barrios back, but who knows if the market's robust for him and he's looking for seven plus million dollars a year. I say probably not at that point. So, uh, yeah, overall, Kaden, I think it was a pretty solid mock draft. Good stuff, man, as always. So uh, let's do Jeff in Jersey up next. We're going to talk about wide receivers with him. Hey, Matt, it's Jeff from New Jersey calling, and I just want to talk about the wide receiver position right now. Um, I really think it's time. You know, after JD getting all these assets the last, you know, two two off seasons, uh, I think it's time to be aggressive. And to be honest with you, there's really there really aren't any flashy receiver names in free agency. You know, unless uh, Amari Cooper gets released, of course. But you know, to be honest, I think you know when you look at the draft, a lot of these receivers, if they were put into last year's uh, class, they'd probably be going in the late first round, early second. You know what I mean? Or probably the second round after Elijah Moore. I really don't like a lot of them. Uh, and I really don't want to have to go through another season of a rookie wide receiver. Um, I just don't think we're in the position to, to, you know, to take care of that and to put our quarterback through that. I think we need a veteran presence. And I think the best thing to do is to use some of these assets we have and to go out and get yourself a top-end receiver. You know, I think that could be trading for Amari Cooper, making sure that his deal is restructured as part of the trade deal before he's, uh, you know, even thought of being released. Um, I think you could go after, you know, some Seahawks receivers like DK Metcalf if he's available or even Tyler Lockett. I think he's a slot receiver, but, you know, maybe you can – mix them around like they did with Elijah Moore, um, you know, where he's playing in the slot and outside. Um, and you know what? It's just time. It's time to be aggressive and to make a move. And we can't keep, uh, you know, getting picks for players. we got to start getting players, you know, for picks. So um, anyway, I just want to know your thoughts. Uh, and hopefully I'm calling in on a Wednesday. Hopefully we made a move by Monday. Okay. Bye. Before I answer this question, and Jeff, I promise you I'm going to give your question the time of day. I am just going to read breaking news on the show. Well, I mean, you guys are going to, by the time this comes out, you guys are going to know. But just my instant reaction. 
7.13 p.m., Tom Brady tweets, These past two months I've realized my place is still on the field and not in the stands. That time will come, but it's not now. I love my teammates, and I love my supportive family. They make it all possible. I'm coming back for my 23rd season in Tampa Bay Unfinished Business, LFG. Fuck you, Tom Brady, you scumbag. Go away. I am over it, man. Come on. Jesus Christ, come on. This guy is so annoying. I'm I'm retiring. I'm not retiring. I'm retiring for real this time, though. I promise. To come back a month later? Go away, dude. Christ. And for wide receiver, DK Metcalf is an interesting one. Uh, I, don't, I would not give up a first-round pick for him, nor would I give up a first-round pick for Tyler Lockett, but... Uh, if there's a way where you can get either for pick 35, then I'm all in. And the Cooper one, I mean, he was available for a fifth. I, I get it. I like I'm higher on this draft class than you are clearly, but I I like Wilson and I like uh, Tra- I almost said Trey Lance, but Traylon Burks. But um, I wouldn't be waiting until round two to grab a wide receiver. Oh my god. I still I can't get over Tom Brady coming back. He's just what a scumbag. Go away. Go away. Thank you, Jeff. The moral of the story, though, is you're right. You have to go with you have to find a, a wide receiver somehow, some way, which is exactly what Ben's going to get into, too, and talking about finding a wide receiver one. What's up, Matt? It's ben from Jersey. So I've been beating the jump, drum for this for two or three years, and I'm saying this once again. I want the Jets to trade for a true wide receiver one. I don't trust the receivers in this draft to be that top guy. It's a deep class, but it's not really. There's no really top. There's no really top dog in this class. No Jamar Chases or anyone like that. And I don't really think anyone could be like a game changer. What I think the Jets should do is go out and a sign an Allen Robinson to a cheaper contract because he's had a down year and he can. Still proved to be a really good wide receiver with a good quarterback. B, trade or sign a Mark Broward. Prefer to trade a fourth or a fifth for him just so, because I feel we'd be maybe the highest bidders for the Cowboys. Or C, the route that I prefer to go with the most is trading for DK Metcalf. Obviously, the Seahawks are in complete teardown rebuild mode after trading Russell Wilson and cutting Bobby Wagner on the same day. And speculation has started to come around that the Seahawks are going to look to move Tyler Lock, not look to move, but Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf could be um, trade targets for other teams. And if I'm the Jets, I am offering the 10th overall pick for DK Metcalf. Really? Might be unpopular belief, but he's only 24. He's proven to be a touchdown machine in Seattle. And he's a speed demon. And he's huge. That's what that's the wide receiver one the Jets need. Someone who can outrun the defender or someone who can just go up and get the football. And with Zach Willen's um arm, I feel like they can cause a lot of damage and make um more opportunities for guys like Elijah Moore and Corey Davis and Michael Carter and hopefully Trey McBride. Yes, I hope so. My next point. <laughs> I I see reports that the Jets could trade the two second round picks for Metcalf, but Personally, I'd rather trade 10 because I don't want to lose two high-end picks to plug holes in a roster. I I want to keep the two second-round picks because I want Trey McBride so badly. After Dalton Schultz and Njoku got tagged, I feel like McBride is our best option to be our tight end one. 
And I would also like to grab a safety with that other second-round pick, whether it be Jalen Petrie, Daquan, Daquan Brisker, Dax Hill, or Lewis Sign. I just – I if I'm Joe Douglas, I'm calling the Seahawks and offering the 10th overall pick. He said he's serious about being aggressive in trade. Let me see it. I want to see it. That's all I have. Let me know your thoughts. And as always, go Jets. Yeah, that's interesting. I, again, I don't think I would give up pick 10 for him. And while I would give up pick 35, obviously, in, in a heartbeat, um, do you really think they're going to pick up the phone from Joe Douglas? Or do you think they're going to, the Seahawks GM is going to look down at his phone and said, oh my God, no, I am getting, I'm going to put this down. Uh, because they got two first round, and obviously they got more, but two first, two seconds, and some other stuff for Russell Wilson. Um, they, they gave up two first round picks to get Jamal, uh, and a third, and a starting safety, which is just bonkers. But they, I would be stunned if DK, if the Jets actually are able to acquire DK because I don't see how the Seattle Seahawks could actually pick up the phone. But I agree with like the point that you're making with him opening stuff up is so true though, because with his deep threat, that's something that the defenses don't really have to take into account because the jets don't have a receiver who could really move the ball that much down the field or be a, a threat for them to move the ball that much down the field. So um, I think that's a very valid point. Um, and, and we'll see, but I agree. You have to absolutely add more to this wide receiver room because it's, it's not done yet. It, it isn't done yet. It's close. It, I like some of the improvements here, but you need more weapons in a 2022 NFL offense. You just flat out do. So let's close out with Will calling in from Dallas, Texas. He's got a story for us. All right, Will, what do we got? Hey Matt, Will calling from Dallas. Um, I do have a question, but I wanted to share a, a story of what happened to me the other day. So I worked for ESD, which is basically like when parents can't come pick up their kids at school, like at an elementary school, they have them stay and do ESD. And then they, so we're there from like 2.30 to 6.30, the parents can come pick them up whenever they get off work. And um, I think it was last week, a bunch of kids came running up to me when I got there and they're like, Mr. Will, look, 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 hey, we got, uh, we got autographs by Jamal Adams. So apparently Jamal <laughs> Adams, came to the elementary school because his Love nephew it. goes to Castle Hills Elementary, a school that feeds him in the Hebron where he went to high school. And um, so he came to have lunch with him and he signed a bunch of stuff for the kids. And I That's absolutely nice. went off about Jamal Adams to these poor kids. Like one came up to me and was like, hey, look, Jamal Adams signed his napkin for me. I was like, why isn't it wet? Didn't he cry on it? He's a little crybaby. <laughs> and uh, another kid showed me a football he signed. I was uh, like, I could sign that. It'd probably be more valuable. But Love it. I just I don't know. Maybe you don't. Maybe you hate Jamal Adams like I do. Maybe you think it's funny. Um, but my question for you is: uh, How bad can this offense be to where you still think that Zach Wilson has no excuses? Like, what do we have to do? What's the worst moves that we could make, and you'd still say, "Hey, Zach Wilson has no excuses. He has enough weapons." Or maybe not even just the worst. What you would think? Uh, would be bad moves where you'd still say like, Hey, Zach has no excuses. He has to be good this year. Um, you can't say bad O line, bad receivers, whatever. Um, appreciate everything you do. Love the show. And as always go Jets. Thank you, man. This is a tough question. And one with the Jamal story. That's so funny. That's laugh out loud. Funny. Good stuff, my friend. Um, and this is a hard question, I guess. I think I'm going to answer it like this, and this might be a little bit of a cop out, but I'll do it anyway. 
if they sign Brandon Sheriff, I would be nervous, but obviously that's a, that's an upgrade. So like Sheriff and I guess Allen Robinson, because that's two guys where you're like, hey, they should help, but also injuries in their career and just downward trajectories at their age could make things a little bit tougher. But both of those signings would still make it where it's like, all right, Zach has, Zach has weapons and an improved offensive line. He's got to be able to figure out a way to make it work. And I do think he takes a step forward, but... I think we're going to see, I, fingers crossed, that tomorrow and through the entirety of the offseason and NFL draft process, we see the Jets really focus on trying to make life as easy as possible for their young quarterback. Because at the end of the day, that is all that matters. So thank you, Will, for checking in. Thank you to the phone calls today and the voicemails. It's a big day. NFL free agency, it's like our Super Bowl right now because, well, the Jets own the offseason. They are undefeated on offseason champs 11 years running. Let's see what they do. I, I, I think they're going to make a big splash tomorrow. Um, I'm going to say Marcus Williams is the big splash. That's my prediction. And do they, maybe they do sign Allen Robinson. Maybe they do. And then that would allow them to go different direction in the NFL draft. They wouldn't have to worry about wide receiver probably in the first two rounds. So let me know what you think down in the comments. If you are listening to this in audio form, please subscribe, rate, review, Really helps out a lot. I appreciate all the love support. If you're watching on YouTube, give it a thumbs up. Leave a comment. Subscribe if you're watching not subscribed. I don't know why you wouldn't subscribe. It's a good time. And I uh, appreciate you. I'll, I'm Matt O'Leary. I'll talk to you next time.